What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This Hey, Ramona Middlecoff segment is brought to you by CandidCO.com slash ham and promo code ham for $75 off Candid Aligners. And brought to you by Ease and EaseWellness.com, promo code ham. And UntuckIt.com, promo code ham. And by SeatGeek, promo code ham. Now to the segment. And this was one of the shocking uh, sports stories of, of the week. And then what made it kind of interesting was I, and a lot of people, start you start going back and reading old Chris Peterson quotes and finding old videos. Like, oh, he was, that was a hint. And that was a hint. He said he didn't really decide until like middle of Thanksgiving week, kind of beginning of Thanksgiving week. Um, but that he, uh, he recognized after they lost in the Rose Bowl that like he didn't enjoy it as much. And then that was a problem. That, that so, was in January. That's right. So yeah. he, it had been maybe on in the back of his mind for about a year now? And I wonder if it's been kind of always – because one thing a lot of people who know him told me, it's like I'm surprised he did it right now, but I'm not surprised that he went out like that, right? And you and I have covered him forever. Uh, watched him, played against him. You did uh, at Fresno State. Scored I some him. touchdowns against him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I don't think anyone's shocked that that's the way he went out. But it's still pretty shocking that he just stepped away, handed the job over to Jimmy Lake, and said he's going to recharge. I, I've like, always thought, guy, and I, I used to I used to go to the mat for him when I got to the NFL. And I vividly remember walking by this guy's office one day, and it, he's been proven to be fucking pretty good himself, and Sean McDermott goes. Because he, he realized I was – this was when I first kind of got to the Eagles, maybe a couple weeks in, I was dropping something off at his, some printout. And he's like, what's in the water at Boise State? And I'm like – I'm, I think it just starts and ends with Chris Peterson, man. And he was just fascinated. And Sean McDermott is kind of has some similarities to Pete where if Chris Peterson hadn't worked in football, and I, I think Belichick's one million percent like this, he would have been elite at whatever he did. Ran companies, been a professor at like Stanford. Uh, whatever he did, he would have been really, really good. But it turns out he coached football, and he didn't just coach football. He fucking dominated. And I, I actually think his best team of his career is 
and maybe we could argue this, I'd have to really dive into that Washington team that made the playoffs. I think the 2011 Boise team that lost on that crazy field goal to Kaepernick's team in Nevada in like double overtime, and I think didn't Boise miss a field goal, however it worked out, was his best team. Remember, 13, I think, of his 22 starters that year were drafted, and that's not even counting. Like, his best player on that team was Kellen fucking Moore, his quarterback. They were elite. And over that run at Boise, they were beating the shit out of Chip Kelly, TCU, beating Oregon State, beating Sark, beating, remember they beat Georgia. They, they beat everybody, kicking their ass. And then he got to Washington, and it was cool because he got to prove himself, and he made the playoffs. And remember when he first got there, the best player on his team, Marcus Peters, who's turned out to be a pretty damn good, kicked off. Now he did... You have to recruit a little bit different of a guy, I think, at Washington, right, than he did at Boise. And the team that he won, like, was John Ross his recruit? Was Pettis his recruit? Or were those Sarks guys? Uh, let me think. That would have been... Like his second year there? Maybe his third year? What year did he get hired there? No, 14? the Peach Bowl was his third year there. So those. So I don't know. It would have been close. What's the Peach Bowl? Where they played Alabama? That's where they played Alabama, yeah. Which was his third year, which was 16. Yeah, so, I mean, some of those guys, I mean, he clearly can recruit NFL guys. He did it at Boise. But I do think it's, he was recruiting like he was going toe-to-toe with the SCs, the Texas, the Oklahomas, and I I don't think that's really what he wants to do. (laughs) But you have to do that to stay competitive. I I think, me personally, I haven't read as much probably about it as you, why he left. And I don't even think he's admitted this. But that had to really kind of wear him out. Because when you're recruiting up against like an Oklahoma or an Alabama for a guy that you want in L.A. or Sacramento or even Washington, the over-the-top shit you got to do is probably just like, this fucking sucks. Where Nick, or if you're at Alabama or Oklahoma, you still know like you're getting an elite of the elite guy. At Washington, you do have to hustle a little bit for it, right? You're yeah, not just guaranteed to get the four or five star guys. guys who have no other offers, who you found diamonds in the rough, who are just and happy the, to have and somebody the li- And that live by you. Right. Like, you've you got to get a guy from L.A. to come to you. And it's pretty far away. Now, so is Alabama, but it's like they are winning national championships. Yeah, but you're just, you, you are recruiting against people who are, you know, at Boise, you're not necessarily the guys that, you're, you're like, hey, look, we're the ones going to the Fiesta Bowl. Who else is offering you? Well, uh, Montana State. <laughs> And, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, Utah State. Guy, Va- guy Van Der Esch played eight-man high school football. Zero offers. So, I, look. Justin Wilcox had to be like, hey, Pete, I will give up a scholarship if you offer this guy. Well, who else offered him? Well, nobody would like Cal Poly and UC Davis, but I'm telling you. <laughs> that's just not, they had to like. I, and I wonder if this, like, he had to do it, and I'm sure he recruited him. Because wasn't Jacob Easton from Washington when he went to Georgia? Is that where he's from? Seattle? Yeah. Yep. So they, they knew about him, obviously. They probably knew him personally. Ben, they recruited him, probably. I wonder if, like, you just have to do things like that. I think you do. Yeah. And I, I wonder if deep down, now, like, you know, I didn't really want him. You know, just yeah, wasn't like, really. We have just, we had, like, three guys who were all young. Maybe we should just let them battle it out, right? Yeah, our culture, the guys we want. I didn't want this guy. And then watching him, I felt like I, just watching that guy play, like, this is not Pete's type guy. I think it's something. In, like, you agree? Have, like, he likes Jake Browning, who's not as yeah. talented as Jacob Eason in the in the slightest. But it's just predictable. A hundred million times. Didn't he make the playoffs with Jacob Browning as his starting quarterback? 
Well, yeah, John, that team, <laughs> that that Pettis, that's the thing. It's like when you talk about that team versus his best Boise teams. You're right. And that, and his, but Buda his Baker. best Boise teams were exclusive because his best Boise teams had really good, had NFL, multiple NFL running backs. They did have explosive receivers. Um, Two guys drafted in the second and fourth round. They had Ioka. They had a bunch of yeah, defensive I'm, linemen. What I was going to say, though, is like the, when you take John Ross and Dante Pettis and put those two guys up against everything else he had, I still think it would be a good game. Though the, the, the explosiveness that they had on offense, and they obviously were really good on defense. Well, who were their three DBs? Sidney Jones, Buda Baker, and they had another corner, right? Kevin King? Kevin King. Yeah, so that, their defensive backfield was excellent. I think at Boise, though, his defense, all those guys got drafted, remember? Yeah. No, I mean, it would be a game. I do think it's tough when you go, and I give coaches full credit, but, like, when you just play. And, now, the thing with Oklahoma is they were kicking Oklahoma's ass, remember? And then they had to come, and then Oklahoma came back, and then they had to run the stat, the, the hook and ladder and the Statue of Liberty. Um, but they were beating Oklahoma's ass. See, I don't even include that necessarily, like – a little Utah-Alabama. Now, it ages really well, but to me, that game's a little bit of a one-off, a little bit of a... Who did UCF play last year in the playoff? Like, Auburn? Well, yeah, Auburn, like, Auburn, won, dude, Auburn didn't care about playing UCF. Do you think that Adrian Peterson, in 06, took fucking Boise seriously? No, but that's now, the point I was going to make. Is like I, I do think we have to take all those types of games with a grain of salt. But we've seen those types of teams play those games in the non-conference. Eventually, those teams... Their personnel, their speed, even if they're not 100% in the game, wins them the game. And that doesn't happen when you play the when you play the best Boise State and the best Utah and the best TCU and the best. Like the fact is, UCF was just probably really good. They probably could have beaten Auburn week two, also, right? Yeah. Probably. Probably. They the, might dif- not the, dif- have, but- the difference is we know because Boise from then on out started going, let's roll, and they started kicking. Remember, they beat Chip. They beat Chip. They beat Bilotti. Then they beat that was, Chip. That was Chip's they, debut. Didn't he beat Sark multiple times when he was coaching at Washington? They, they were beating anyone that would play him. Who want? They, they're basically like Pat Hill, but they were better in Fresno State. Held up a sign. Who wants them? <laughs> and, and at the time, people were lining up to do it, right? Because they were cool with doing like home, home, or away, away homes, right? They would do like two for ones away. And now like UCF. That, that's where everyone rips UCF. Like, guys, no one's fucking doing a home-and-home home with you. Just do your double away. Boise has yeah. been doing it forever. Well, like, I, I just pulled up 2010. They opened with a win at Virginia Tech. I remember that game. And then week three, they beat Oregon State, who was top 25 at the time. See, and where I give Pete a lot of credit, and maybe it's changed a little bit with money, he didn't oh, I forgot worry about, when, about they went to, when they went and beat Georgia and Atlanta. Like I, got, I, I got no respect for fucking Danny White, one, because he faked a bunch of donor money. Ten years ago at Fresno State, and two, like, bro, Florida ain't giving you a home and home. You're fucking UCF. Boise is like, do you think Boise got a home and home of Florida State? No, they probably got an away, 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 and then maybe a home, and that that home might get canceled. They don't care. They're like, fuck, we'll go to Florida State, and we'll beat their fucking ass. It's I have infinitely more, and Boise guy is still doing it. I have oh, yeah. infinitely I mean, they, more respect for the, Boise State than UCF. Well, they're the gold standard. John, they've been doing it so much longer. It's not even a comparison. But 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 here's the thing, guy. They never bitched and moaned like UCF about national championships or they won't play us. They're like, we'll fucking LSU, you want to yeah, play? But we'll the, fuck, we'll well, play I will in the say the difference was UCF exists in a playoff era. 
So Boise, they exist right. in the BCS era though, and they got left out a couple times. Remember? Yeah, but it's not that. that that's that's two teams. Like that's UCF is not even sniff. Wasn't even sniffing the top ten as an, they weren't even. No one was even considering them. Right? It's not that they weren't in the top in the championship game. It's that they didn't even get to be in the top six. Like I, I think Boise completely Bo- ignored. Boise so would have got more respect though. You agree? Yeah, because they've been doing it longer, which is the same reason. Like when Feinbaum says, you know, Utah, no one wants to see them. It's like I do think Utah has been. Utah's been punching up for 20 years now. 100%. So they're like that's where I would say fine like maybe maybe it's right, it doesn't matter, but Utah does have a reputation amongst uh first group of 5 and now even power 5 of just punching up and and landing punches. Boise So then anyway, he goes to UW. I he's he's didn't say that he's coming back, but it's only cuz he's smart enough to say I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um the one the tweet I saw you tweet a lot of people tweeted you you said you don't see it and you're right I've never seen it ever 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 seen it and Pete Thamel wrote it he did see it though because he interviewed with him right at once upon a time he saw it or he thought about yeah this it. was when USC needed to replace Lane I, I I saw it up until then and then the story was that he meets with USC and the second they start talking boosters and media obligations and all that other BS it's like. Now I'd also heard there are other versions where it's like they wanted him to have a couple assistants from SC. Like there's a few different versions of the story I had heard. The one that Pete Thamel wrote was pretty close to what I've always heard, which is they had a meeting, they liked each other, they start talking about the other responsibilities, the other obligations, maybe some of the other things. He'd like have to they do. would have hired him if all the shit would have worked, right? They wanted him in theory before they met with him. That's what it felt like, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he wanted. I think he was interested in them. I the part that always surprised me was I always kind of felt like he would not have liked it there. Even before that story, I always felt like God. It's just, it just seems like a weird fit for him because he's not about all that hype. So I I can't ever see him at USC. But I don't know. I mean, new administration, things change. If you, if you I just told can't, me, I actually think he fits perfectly at like Cal and Washington or like his type schools. Yeah, well, I, who's to say he's not Washington's offensive coordinator in three years? I don't know. Like, because I remember the story, I think Feldman wrote it, when Dan Hawkins left Boise, and it was like an obvious thing that Chris would become the head coach. His quote was like, it wasn't, to me, I was like, I don't know. I kind of just want to call plays. I never, he didn't set out to become a head football coach. And he said in his press conference Tuesday, like, it's just, it's a heavy job. It's just, it's heavy. And I think we all see it. Like, there's just stuff that he... He's got a pretty clear vision of like what the priorities in his life are, and um, I think he ended up doing a bunch of stuff he didn't want to do. So I, you're right. I always thought Washington was the perfect fit, or like or you know Oregon. To me, is a little closer to USC than it is to UW, just in terms of the yeah. nonstop. He, and he's he's but but he's coached there before. Now it's a long time ago, but he right. you know uh, what's Bilotti kind of put him on the map, right? Because Bilotti's yeah, so, a UC Davis guy. I, yeah, I, I I think those UC Davis intellectual guys all are a little different than like I, he's a little more buttoned up version of Pete. It's why I always thought now I, this was shocking Pete that Carroll. if Pete ever retired, yeah, Pete Carroll, that Washington that John Schneider would come right after him, and it's well, a unique me, job, right? Because they got a fucking quarterback. Yeah, I now it's like we're three years down the road, four years down the road. I don't know, but Pete I do retiring. think the I do think the NFL would be exactly. I do think the NFL makes some sense for Chris Peterson, depending on the job. It's just hard. It's tough. It's tough to find the right 
Has he ever coached outside of the West Coast? Like, would you ever see him coach like the Minnesota Vikings or, you know? See, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he would want to change. I don't know. But, but he's always but, been a. But the other thing would be, it would probably take, if he has, and over the last 10 years, he's probably developed pretty close relationships because he's had so many top NFL uh, draft picks with some general managers. So maybe if he had a special relationship with just some guy that we don't even know about, that maybe he would be intrigued by that job. Kind of like a Herm Edwards Ray Anderson connection at ASU, right? It would Put take something. It would yeah. take something like that. You yeah, know, that's not, true. not like you know, like with the, even the Lynch and Kyle. Like they didn't really know each other that well, but there were connections. But like the relationship, and you can only really build a strong, strong relationship right once you work with someone. So there would be some unknown. But is there a guy out there that he'd want to? you know, work with a younger guy and older. I don't even know, but I, I'll be shocked if he doesn't coach again. Like he's just, this is him. Like he's a football coach. But I'll tell you what would not shock me is if he I just chooses don't know where. to be somebody, to be a coordinator. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about that. You could see him being a coordinator. Wouldn't shock me. Dep- now it depends how long he's out. If he's out 10 years, if he's out two years, maybe not, but um, to do all the stuff he loves and not have to do any of the stuff he doesn't love. Now, the problem with that is he's just such a great big-picture guy. He is, I think, a head coach. Yeah, I, I think his but, skills would be wasted as a coordinator. Because you could call plays. Is He the cor- He didn't call plays at Washington, though, did he? No. But he obviously plays a huge role with the game plan. And, yeah. You know, so I, but to me, like you're, some of your skills are wasted, but some of them are not. Like I still think you can do a lot of the same things depending on who your head coach is. You know, he can, work, he can go work for Kellen Moore. Well, I've already thought if Kellen Moore and the Cowboys fire everybody and he becomes available, how is Kellen Moore not the next offensive coordinator for the Cow Bears? Like, you don't think Justin Wilcox calling him? Oh, for the Cow Bears? Yeah. No, I don't. Maybe he'll have offensive, you know, NFL opportunities, but Justin Wilcox is guy, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Justin, you know, he's got a, the guy he has, Bo Baldwin, was pretty highly regarded. And when yeah, Chase Garber's been atrocious. Chase so. Garber's only played two Pac 12 games this year. Yeah, I think their offense has been pretty anemic. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I know. I'm just saying, anyway. when Chase Garbers was healthy, they were pretty good. But tell me about that coaching staff: Wilcox, DeRuiter, would they pay, and the other Kellen. Thing is, would, they, would they pay like Kellen Moore's? If he's going to have another NFL offensive coordinator job, would they pay? Him well, yeah. Brown if he's getting NFL offensive coordinator jobs, he ain't coming. What about just Pete and Kellen Moore take over like the Seattle Seahawks in a year? But again, Pete ain't leaving, so. I'd Chris Peterson takes that, over. Pete that Carroll, was always yeah. my dream, but Pete Carroll just seeing him at that Monday night game, he just—they're too good. He's too—he's too young, despite being old. <laughs> he ain't going anywhere. That was yeah. always a dream of mine. Dream died. Yeah, I—I I think there are some things about the NFL game that actually, even though in theory it comes with more pressure, or he might enjoy. Well, it's Namely, all football. Not, it's all football. To me, he's got some Brad Stevens to him. Now he's older than Brad Stevens, but I think Brad Stevens is like. I don't miss all the fluff in college. It's all basketball. The only fluff is you got to meet with the media a lot. But it's like Pete knows. I mean, that's just part of the deal with being a coach at this point in time. But I do think Pete legitimately liked the taking high school kids and turning them into college graduates. I do think he, that appealed to him a lot. Yeah, I mean, that, that I would say happens a little less. Than, like, that's the thing, and that might – hinder his ability to win big like he needs to be going to win national championships you need a lot of three and duns 
right? It's a, it's a hard balance. Like, yeah, I mean, but he's had them. Yeah, but he, he needs even more. Like to truly like run the table every year. Like, that's the only. But way I don't you think. Do it. I, yeah, but I, I think they've tried to get like when you look at like the number one players, like the biggest prospects that are considering West Coast schools. I think they're in on. Yeah, that I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying I, I think that just probably wears you out because you're oh, not I getting them you're and you're kissing yeah. their ass, and then you're like, "We're saving an LSU." I don't think they lose that much sleep because they're going to get the majority of their recruiting of class going to be five stars. I think yeah. you really got to hustle at Washington to fucking get the elite guys. I do think the next guy, Jimmy Legs, can be pretty good. His openers against Michigan, but people there rave about him. I mean, Pete raves about Peterson raves about him, and you know, I think it'll look somewhat. They, you know, the hope there is it looks like what Oklahoma looks like and what Ohio State looks like, and what the Patriots will look like when Steve Belichick takes over. I would say the difference though is those team. Like, what what was Washington's record this year? Seven five. Yeah, those teams were were definitely ahead. Yeah, no doubt. But but the point I'm making is I know I know when you've got a really good coach. And that coach says this guy is the next guy. I, th- I, I think that counts for something. Doesn't always work out that way, but like clearly Urban was right, or somebody was right about Ryan Day. And I, I mean, you didn't put Ryan Day on the map. The guy named Trip Kelly. He was his DC. Uh, Ryan Day. Yeah. No, Ryan Day's an OC. He was. I mean, he was his OC. Uh, we hired him as a quarterback coach in Philly, brought him to San Francisco. Oh. And, like, Urban met, obviously, Ryan Day through Chip, you know. Sorry, I mean, the, G- the D.C. was the guy at Rutgers, Chris Ash, who I guess Texas is going to hire. Was the D.C. where? Ohio State. Not related to Chip. D- oh, they fired him, too? Rutgers. He was the head coach at Rutgers. Yes. Who had been the D.C. at Ohio State. Gotcha. Has Before, nothing to do with Chip. With Shiano. But it always kind of looked like Ryan Day to me. Even though he probably doesn't, and I'm just profiling. Ryan Day is one of those guys that is probably like 42, but he's a wet. I mean, he's got those droopy eyes. He just looks tired. It's like, get some sleep, Ryan. Jimmy Lake is the opposite. Ryan Day was just the coach of the year. Like, the Ryan Day, who's going to be the number one seed more than likely, and Lincoln Riley, now three-year transition, could not have gone any smoother, right? That's as smooth as possible. It, It doesn't get any smoother. Like, the, the least smooth is what happened when Pete Carroll left to the next 10 years. <laughs> like, that's, that's ship sinking yeah. constantly. Yes. Well, he, I started wondering, like, who is, is Saban going to have anybody to hand it off to? See, Lake just needs, if Lake just wins a couple, like, has like an 8-4, and 9-3, and three, and one year gets the conference, like, he'll be fine. Like, it's, Washington is not those schools, really, right? Like, they're not looking, I mean, ideally, but they'd I do love think, to go 12 and Yeah, all. but I do think it's about now, like, all right, Let's go win the Rose Bowl. Let's go back to the CFP. Uh, It's hard. You got those fucking nine conference games. It is hard. It is hard. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.